All right. Let's stand for the word. We're in the book of Luke. We're going to continue the love to tell the story sermon series. And just want to preface the whole talk today by saying that I believe that God wants to tell a story through your life. And that that can mean that uh, that means turning from sin. And I know you're thinking, oh, man, it's going to be that Sunday. But um, I believe that God wants to tell a story of repentance through your life and that, that the more and more you surrender to him, the more and more he receives glory. And, and um, that's my prayer for, for the talk today is that we would be shown a pattern of repentance and that our stories would be that of repentance. And um, Let's read together the book of Luke, chapter 19, verse 1 through 10. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. Someone say problems. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him. Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter. He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him today, salvation has come to this house because this man too is the son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. Let's pray. Thank you, God, for your word today to us. Thank you for the model of repentance. Thank you, Lord, for the story that's been told over the generations here at this church. A story of people committing their lives to you, repenting and and pleasing you and choosing you. And in every circumstance, God, following you. Thank you for that pattern. I just pray, Lord, that your word would inspire us today to continue that story. Lord, that you would give us a story of repentance today. And that because of that, the lost will be saved. We pray in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Amen. You all can be seated. Tell your neighbor the title of the message this morning called Keep With It. Come on, give them a, give them a, give them a good holiday nudge and say, keep with it. Keep with it. This story that we just read is a, is a beautiful story of Zacchaeus. Wanting to see Jesus, but being short, he climbs a tree so he could get a better angle, a better perspective. Jesus calls him out of the tree and, 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 and has table fellowship with him and goes to his house and Zacchaeus declares his intentions to be a new man. And he he says, I will give half of my belongings to the poor and I will pay back four times over what I owe people. And, And, It's just this beautiful picture of repentance. 
that's painted. And I believe that God wants us all to have stories of repentance. Before we get started today, I fundamentally believe that God wants to meet with me, reveal my sin to me, and have me repent from it continually. Amen? That that is a pattern that is necessary in, in, in walking with God, that he wants to form me into the image. God wants to form me into the image of Christ daily, that daily I'm to pick up my cross and follow him. And that, that a pattern of repentance is, is necessary for the believer. Amen. Amen. I actually believe that this story is a beautiful example of showing us what repentance looks like. Zacchaeus was a chief tax collector, tax He's a Jewish tax collector, and what that meant was he would, actually says he was a chief tax collector. So what that meant was he would have officers working under him, and that he would have kind of like this crew. And they, were, they would go door to door, and they would extort more money than what was contracted by the Roman government. So they would take more money from the people. This is what tax, this is the reputation tax collectors had, that they showed up at your door. They said, this is what you owe the Roman government. And they were famous and widely known for being selfish and dishonest and extorting more money than what was originally contracted by the Roman government. These guys were filthy rich. And Zacchaeus would have been at the top of the food chain as a chief tax collector, having lots of guys under him stealing for him. And... We, uh, we find, um, being a, ch- a chief tax collector, he would have had a higher rank than even Matthew, who we see Jesus calling earlier in the Gospels, uh, Matthew the tax collector. And um, the Bible says that Jesus was passing through Jericho and that Zacchaeus, for whatever reason, was curious about who Jesus was. The Bible says that he was curious, that he wanted to see Jesus. So I think the first thing that I want to point out this morning from the text is that if we're going to have a a pattern of repentance in our lives, that means it's going to start with curiosity. You may have heard it say curiosity kills the cat. And while, yes, curiosity can be a negative thing and it can get you into a lot of trouble, I think of the curiosity I had as a young teenager to um, misbehave and to be dishonest. And (laughs) Anybody want to go there with me? (laughs) And um, the same curiosity, though, I think that gets us into trouble is a God-given gift for man to know God. And that the same curiosity that killed the cat is the curiosity that uh, Zacchaeus had when he wanted to see Jesus. So if you guys could put that scripture up, it says that Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus. I think curiosity is the beginning of all repentance. Curiosity is simply this. Uh, all right, let's read that together. He wanted to see who Jesus was. He wanted to see who Jesus was. He was curious. But because he was short, he could not see over the crowd, so he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him. I I think if you're curious enough, you'll do anything. 
Like Zacchaeus wasn't just curious, like, I wonder who he is. This could be, this could be like the Messiah. This, he was curious enough to do something about it. Like the Bible says he ran ahead. He must have known where Jesus was going or where Jesus went or he somehow got ahead of Christ and climbed a tree. And, um, I, I thought about that this week and I was thinking, we don't, we don't climb trees in 2020 that, about the things we're curious about, but we do Google things and we YouTube it. And, um, a couple weeks ago I had an issue with my oven. Anybody ever been there? Like my wife took a pan out of the oven and she's like, man, this thing's not heating over a hundred degrees. And my seven-year-old daughter said, daddy, I saw a flash. And I think that in that moment, I'm not a handyman or a fix-it guy, but I do know that I was on duty that day, right? Who am I going to call? It's two weeks before Thanksgiving. We need an oven. And um, what do you do? You Google it. You YouTube it. First video that pops up is a couple things that could be wrong with your oven, and it found out that that is what was wrong with my oven. I had a heating element under the thing that snapped in half. It just fell on the bottom of the oven and sent a power surge all the way through it. Fri- uh, cracked the heating element, fried the motherboard, and through some curiosity, I was able to get a cheap part off eBay and get the thing cranking for, we were baking on Thanksgiving. Yeah! So I just think that curiosity is, is the beginning of all solutions. And that if you have a problem... All it takes is a little bit of curiosity to figure it out. I've been married for 10 years, and my father-in-law is literally Mr. Fix-It. And if something's broken, he's famous for just saying, we'll bring it over, and we'll take a look at it. (laughs) We'll take a look at it. Because oftentimes, if you just take it apart and look at it, or Google it, or YouTube it, or climb a tree, you find what you're looking for. And the problem, the solution becomes clear when the problem becomes clear. And um, this is Zacchaeus. He's curious enough as a chief tax collector to want to see Jesus. Curious enough to run ahead of him. Curious enough to climb a tree. He wanted to see him. I wonder if there's anybody today who is, who is willing to be curious about the right things. Zacchaeus was curious about Jesus. Someone said, that's a good thing to be curious about. But I wonder if there's anybody today that would just, would just start to be curious about a better life. And and when I say that, just a more God honoring life, like curious about what, what my spiritual life would look like if it was taken to the next level. Or I wonder what, I wonder, curious about what it could look like to have a better relationship with somebody that you haven't had a good relationship with. Curious about what it might mean to be a better parent. Curious about what it might mean to be a better grandparent. Curious about the right things. I think that curiosity about the right things is the beginning of repentance. The second thing I want to point out about this story is that curiosity led to calling. You guys want to put that verse up. Verse 5. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up at him and said, Zacchaeus, 
Come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. I want you guys to see the pattern that Zacchaeus was curious and he was rewarded with calling. I think calling is curiosity's reward. And that Jesus literally called him out of the tree and said, "Um, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. It says that there was a spot that that happened. And I, I was thinking about that all throughout history. God creates these spots where he meets man, where, where the divine meets man. Like you think about um, the spot of the burning bush with Moses and the Israelites. And, and there was a spot where, where, where God called Moses out of the burning bush. You think about the spot where Jesus says, in the same language that he used, I must stay at your house today, back in Samaria, in the book of John, it talks about, I must go through Samaria to talk with the woman at the well. Uh, same language, I must go through. Because Jesus, all throughout history, God, all throughout history, has set up spots to connect with us. I believe it. And I, I, I have personal experiences with God where... Where I would, where I would be curious enough to want to know more about him and he would be faithful enough to meet me in that spot. And I think the story changes when, when, when Zacchaeus's curiosity meets God's strategy to be with him. That God had, God, it says that, that, that Jesus passed through Jericho. Well, how many of you know that Jesus is the most strategic person on the planet? He doesn't just pass through anywhere. He knew that there was a spot in Jericho. That's why he passed through it. He knew that there was a spot in Samaria. That's why he passed through it. He knew that there was a spot in the desert. That's why there was a burning bush. So I want to challenge you today that if you're curious enough, God will, God will use your curiosity and combine it with his strategy to reach you. And you'll realize that he wanted to see you more than you wanted to see him. That's the beauty of the story, that God was waiting for Zacchaeus. He said, if you're curious enough to climb a tree, he'll be faithful enough to call you. Have you ever felt like God stopped the whole world just for you? Come on, there's those moments. If you have not experienced that yet, where, where, where you want God and you realize that he wants you more than you want him and you're just in a moment and, and you, you, it literally feels like he stopped the entire world just for you in that spot. And, and he says something that I think is so awesome. He says, I must come to your house today. I think he says that because salvation is never just about you. It's about your house. And that he has a divine appointment, a divine necessity to meet you because of your house. He cares so much about you and your house that he has set up to meet with you. So he says, I must stay at your house. There is a divine necessity And I hope that we are seeing a pattern that curiosity 
allowed for Zacchaeus to climb a tree and it led to a calling. And he said, I must stay at your house today. And it was an invitation for something that I want to talk about today called table fellowship. That there's a place, if you remember a couple weeks ago, Pastor Chris was, was doing the walk sermon series and he was talking about God preparing a table for you in the presence of your enemies. And, and isn't it something for Jesus to invite himself over your house? <laughs> so the first service, that's like the worst friend ever. Hey, I'm going to come over. <laughs> Anybody got friends like that? You don't have to, don't look next to you. Um, it's just like Jesus to prepare a meal for you at your house, at your table, and then just invite you to it. And all of a sudden, Jesus says, I've got to come to your house. I prepared a table for you. I want something between us called table fellowship. A table fellowship is that, is that place. It's that intimate spot. It's, it's, it's where, it's where it's just him and you. And, and you realize a couple things. Table fellowship. This is what it led to. Table fellowship has spiritual significance, but it also has cultural significance in the story. When Jesus invited himself over to Zacchaeus' house, it would have told everybody watching that I'm okay with Zacchaeus. Jesus is okay with Zacchaeus. And that it it indicated partnership in that culture. It indicated uh, fellowship. It indicated acceptance. It it indicated uh, you're going to come with me and, and, and you, yeah, you're... Me and you are, are together. And so what happened naturally next is uh, the Bible says that there was muttering in the crowd. You guys want to put that verse up? All the people saw this and began to mutter. And I think they said this next part with their nose plugged. He has gone to be with the guest of a sinner. Does anybody have anybody in their life that just mutters? It's okay to laugh. It's okay to smile. <laughs> I, my definition for muttering is, is somebody who just... Muttering to me is stating a fact in a negative way. Stating a fact in a negative way. Yeah, he's going to be the guest of sinners. It's a fact. And, and it's just pointing out facts in a negative way. It's muttering. It's grumbling. Actually, it's the same exact um, language that was used for the Israelites when they muttered in the desert, when they grumbled in the desert. He's let us out here and hasn't fed us. He's, he's brought us out here and, and, and there's no water. It's true, but it's just mutter. The problem with muttering is that it's true. It's, it's both right and wrong. It's right because it's true, but it's wrong because it doesn't change anything. And and I I use the example in first service. I've been married for 10 years, and sometimes I can mutter. Uh, Sometimes you would think after 10 years of marriage, I would learn a more effective communication style than muttering. But still, I say things like, these eggs are cold. (laughs) And 
this house is a mess. And these kids are crazy. (laughs) And I just mutter and mutter. And here's the problem. It's right, but muttering has never changed anybody's life. Muttering has never been an effective strategy for change. Muttering has never saved anybody. God did not send Jesus to mutter. So what I like about it, and what spoke to me this week in the story is, both Zacchaeus and Jesus just ignore it. And it reminded me of when, because this is a story of Zacchaeus meeting Jesus for the first time, it reminded me of when I met Jesus for the first time. 16 years old, uh, started coming to Hedgesville Assembly of God, um, gave my life to Christ, and I literally had a friend group that I was trying to get away from. Anybody know what that feels like? You know, you, you, you get, God changes your life. You realize I can't stay in this group of friends, so I got to get out. So I literally had people in that group of friends say things like, oh, that Jesus thing, he'll get over that. He'll be back to normal in no time. And it reminded me, I just ignored them. God had had table fellowship with me. He had, he had used my curiosity to call me. And he had, he had shown me my sin and I was turning from it. And it didn't matter what anybody muttered. I wasn't listening. Something is to be said. I'm not going to spend too much time on it. Just ignore the muttering in your life. Just ignore it. It might be true, but it's not effective. It's, it's not going to, it does not produce you to change. It does not, if you, you can't mutter your way into a better relationship. You can't mutter your way into your better circumstances. Muttering does not work. So they just ignored it. And the story of repentance, the pattern of repentance continues. Curiosity led to calling. Calling leads to conversion and commitment. Conversion and commitment. These two things can be tricky because they come hand in hand. You cannot have conversion without commitment. They come hand in hand. This is, this is what I was talking about at the beginning of the message that the closer you get to God, the more conversion needs to happen. The more turning from sin needs to happen, the more evident your sin becomes. Zacchaeus, if you put the verse up, verse 8, stood up and said to the Lord, I like how he stands up. Kind of shows that he's serious. He says, look, Lord, here and now, I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay them back four times the amount. Don't miss this. Zacchaeus was curious. He was called out of the tree. He had table fellowship with Jesus in his house. Anytime there was genuine table fellowship with God, there is awareness of sin. And that in a way that only God can do, he pulls you in close and causes you to be aware of some things that need to change in your life. And how this is a story about a guy coming to Christ for the first time and changing everything, but that is also an example of of how we should continually come to Christ. Amen? Continually have fellowship with him and for him to reveal sin in our life. Table fellowship always produces an awareness 
of sin. And I like this. I like, I like how things click together, a pattern. I like how in the presence of God, there can be awareness of sin. And I like how in the, when you're aware of it, you have an opportunity to do something about it. You didn't know what to do before, but now that you're aware of it, you know exactly what to do. Like, in the presence of God, he makes the solution clear. He makes the solution clear. I want you to really see this. Notice that Jesus didn't mention the sin. Zacchaeus brought it up. Actually, he brought it up in such a way that he stands to his feet and declares his intentions to be a new person. In the presence of God brings the awareness of sin. The awareness of sin brings the opportunity for change. The solution became clear to Zacchaeus in the moment. Oh, I owe a lot of people a lot of money, and I've got to make this right. In his presence, solutions become so clear. And um, it was Zacchaeus who brings it up. Notice that it wasn't Jesus at his house eating dinner with him going, hey, what you going to do about that, uh, the money you owe everybody? You know what I found out in life? That if you have to offer a suggestion for somebody else to make it right, they're not ready to change. <laughs> you might have the best solution. But if you've got to suggest it and offer it, it means they're not there yet. As a matter of fact, there is a story that is so Similar to this in, 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 the, in the Bible that it says that Jesus met a rich young ruler um, and that the rich young ruler asked him, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And, and Jesus says, well, sell everything and give it to the poor. Notice that Jesus had to offer the solution to the rich young man. The rich young man had not had a conversion yet, so he was not ready to change. The Bible says he walks away sad. Jesus, the, the, what's so special about the spot is he, he knows that you're ready to change when he meets you there. And, and that and this, the instance with the, the rich young ruler, he walks away sad because he hasn't had a conversion yet. Zacchaeus waits for no suggestions. He's in the presence of God and he says, I know exactly what I need to do to make this right. He's... I'm, listen, you know, know how to know the people in your life are changed? When they start bringing you solutions to make things right. That's an indication that there has been some real repentance in their life. When, they, when they're coming up with their own suggestions to make things right. Jesus, Zacchaeus, in his, in his urgency, says, I'll, I'll pay everybody back four times. I'll give half of what I owe. He is cranking out solutions because he's changed. He's changed. When you're changed, you bring solutions to make things right. I think I need to say that again. When you're changed, you bring solutions to make things right. I wonder if there's anybody curious enough this holiday season to make things right. That there's been some pain there's been some hurt. There's been some sin. But I wonder if you would get curious enough to make that right, what would happen? 
I think if you do, God will be faithful to reveal that to you. This is a story of repentance. Story of repentance. Conversion always produces commitment. Always produces commitment. Then it leads to the, to the best part of the whole story. Next verse, verse 9. You're seeing a pattern, right? Curiosity, calling, conversion. It says in verse 9, Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house. Because this man too is the son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save that which was lost. Leave that verse up there for just a minute. When I was studying this scripture, the commentaries that I read said that verse 10, for the son of man came to seek and save the lost. Some of the commentaries were indicating that that is the key verse in Luke. It's, it's like the cornerstone. Everything that happened to this verse and everything that happened after this verse, it was, it, and everything that's happening with Zacchaeus, it was, Jesus was trying to make a point that I am here to seek and save that which was lost. It's, it's, it's the, the, the commentaries I read said that the key verse, he, this would be something that everybody would have to get used to. <laughs> that it's for the lost. It's for the lost. I choose to live a pattern of repentance for the lost. We as a body of Christ choose to submit to him for the lost. And that, that the pattern of repentance in your life is never just for you and for you alone. It's always for your house. I said that before. It's, salvation has come to your house. And that's so significant. He could have said it any other way. He could have said, today salvation has come to you. Today salvation is for Zacchaeus. But he said, it's come to your house. And as strategic as Jesus was to meet Zacchaeus in the spot, he was even more strategic in how Zacchaeus' repentance would impact thousands of people. I want you to think about that for a second. This was way before hardwiring money. The ability to zello it to your friends. The ability to just direct deposit money in people's bank accounts. Kind of like impersonal he would have, Zacchaeus, if you imagine with me for a second, would have had to go door to door, house to house. He would have had a whole area to make things right with. And I can just imagine for every knock on the door, for every person that answered, and Zacchaeus is just there. <laughs> uh, here's four times what I, what I did you wrong. You, you, you have to imagine, I have to believe, I have to have an imagination that in those moments, people's lives were transformed forever. That it's a very important to read the Bible with an imagination. Because there's nowhere in scripture where it actually indicates, it gives us any more history or the story of Zacchaeus kind of stops right here. And it's easy to just read it and go, oh yeah, stops here. But you have to imagine, listen, I didn't say this for a service. The implications of your repentance are immeasurable. 
today. You're curious enough to be in church. (laughs) Maybe for the first time you're curious enough to be in church. Maybe for the first time you're curious enough to tune in online. Curiosity led to calling, led to conversion. The implications of you surrendering to Christ today are immeasurable. Immeasurable. Zacchaeus would have impacted his entire household, everybody who he did business with, dirty. It would have had more impact than we could ever measure. So, (laughs) I put down in the notes, imagine the muttering now. Whoa, 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 whoa. This, this gospel's for the, the Jewish tax collector who cheated us all out of money. Yeah. Yeah, it's for him. It's for him because it's for his house. It's, it's for him because it's for the people he will impact. And, and you can just, I can just imagine the muttering now. I, I said it before. This is, this is where you, we can get confused that Conversion leads to commitment. And Jesus says something back in Luke chapter 3, verse 8, that I want to point out. He says this, if you guys want to put it up. Because Zacchaeus had a heart changed, had his heart changed and was saved. He says this, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. Wait a second, that sounds like the title of the message. Keep with it. Produce fruit in keeping with it. Keeping with repentance. And do not begin to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father, for I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children of Abraham. I just, I have, I have to communicate this. Out of these stones, God can create, call up children of Abraham. Jesus said to Zacchaeus, um, today salvation has come to your house. Do you remember why he said that? He said, today salvation has come to your house because you are a son of Abraham. This man too is a son of Abraham. It can be very easy to think that salvation came to Zacchaeus' house because he gave back four times the amount he owed. But that's not why it came. Uh, repentance always produces commitment and changes but changes by themselves will never make you a child of Abraham will never save you and it's easy to read those things and get them confused and think man if I just if I just go change my behavior I'll be a child of God that's not true Jesus said salvation has come to this house because this man too was a son of Abraham Again, it, it could have went a different way. It could, have, it could have went, this man, today's salvation has come to this man's house because he's given half his stuff away. But that's not the truth of the gospel. The truth of the gospel is that Jesus came to seek and save the lost. And even out of the very stones on the ground, he could raise up children of Abraham. Jesus passing through Jericho uh, would have been 
For Jesus passing through Jericho for Zacchaeus' sake would have been the very last thing on everybody's mind. All the disciples, all the people. He was, he was, he was a, a, an epic failure in, in people's eyes. Like he stole money from everybody. He was not respected. He had a terrible reputation. And, and they would have had about as much to say about him as a stone laying on the side of the ground. And wouldn't you know that's exactly who Jesus walked through Jericho for? That's exactly the person that Jesus created a spot for along the middle of the road. And and, and back in, in Luke 19, what's happening is what Jesus said would happen back in Luke 3, that even out of these stones could be made children of Abraham. So, God wants us to live a pattern of repentance. Amen. Amen. That scripture that we just looked at, Luke 3, is produce fruits in keeping with repentance. Repentance always produces fruit. Always produces fruit. I have one more thing I want to point out. If you guys want to stand to your feet, we're going to close out. Tap your neighbor, tell him, keep with it. Keep with it. I want you to think about this. Imagine with me again what this would have meant for everybody in Zacchaeus' life. What it would have meant for his family what it would have meant for his kids, what it would have meant for his neighbors, what it would have meant for every person that he ever stole money from. He was going to go back and repay him four times over. I, I said that the implications of this repentance is immeasurable. He would have spent a lifetime working this out. See, sometimes we breeze over the Bible and think, oh, that's a cute story. Zacchaeus just went and made things right. That's great probably did it in like a week you know how long it would take to pay back everybody it would take the rest of his life he would have had to spend the rest of his life working this salvation out every single day wondering if it was worth it one day to uh, people wanting to beat him up the next day to this could have been his entire life and I want you to imagine how many people that would have touched and how that repentance is not just for you, but it's for everybody around you. Because the Son of Man has come to seek and save the lost. Amen. It was God's plan all along. The reason that we pattern our lives after Christ for repentance is always for other people. It's always for other people. So I want to ask you this week, will, will you climb a tree? Are you curious enough about what God's word says about your life? Can you be curious enough this week about about the things of God in your life? Curious enough this week about what it means to have a better relationship? Curious about what it means to to be a better parent, to make a greater impact? Curious about what it means to be more obedient? Curious about what it means to have more influence? Curious about what it means to have more confidence? I just, will you you commit before the end of the year to climbing some trees? Because I believe this, that if you do, 
God is faithful enough to meet you there, to transform your life, and to use your life for the salvation of the lost. Amen? Amen. Find that spot this week. Come on, let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word to us. Thank you, God, that you want to be with us. You want table fellowship with us. God, convince somebody today that they have to take you home with them. That you must go to their house. You must make it personal. God, I just pray that for every decision made today to repent, I just pray that the lost will be found. Strengthen somebody today to live out this lifestyle, to continuously be changed in your presence. I prayed all things in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen and amen. Love you guys. See you next week.